fuck our accountant's going to do now? Because that can do GST returns. It can do reconciliation. Like, what's the actual benefit of having an accountant if every small business can now do it themselves? It seems like a very hard thing to sell. You can sell it. It's just not an irresistible offer. You know, like, so you have you have these extremes, I think. Tell me if I'm wrong. You have the custom builds that people want and they pay a high dollar that funds your business until you get the next one and then you've got the website builder people where they just want to pay the bare minimum and they're annoying as fuck or they could just get a template and it's not very secure but they don't really get that um, and they're kind of in a tough situation so how do you take on a salesperson to train them to sell a $16,000 thing to someone that you're like hey you might get results in six months to a year with SEO or whatever like how are you approaching it? You know what I mean? Japanese culture and in the way that they, and I know very little about it, but it's like the way that, um, you know, they look at work and, the, you know, some of the, so like sitting on one task and becoming an expert at that thing and like, you know, sharpening knives, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, but like, you're really good at sharpening knives. All right, we'll kick right it on. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Let's do it. Yeah, you must surf or something. You, I do surf. <laughs> meditate as well? Yeah, I do meditate. Yeah, yeah. I'm piecing the puzzle. Okay, yeah. Cool. All right, well, we're starting. <laughs> and I, I think um, I sort of see it like climbing a mountain. So people are going to come on a journey for 45 minutes to an hour, and they got to work out who the guide is. So you're going to be our guide this evening. So who is the guide? What does who the guide the do? Guide? Well, the guide, um, what does the guide do? So the guide... Um, for a living and the guy designs and builds websites um and but i do other things in my spare time as well <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah I, like you said i like surfing um longboard or short uh both but mainly shortboarding and that's what actually brought me to new zealand in the first place oh huh. so that was 13 years ago now from uh from san francisco actually place called Marin County, just north okay. of San Francisco, about 20 minutes. So you got tired of surfing the web, so you thought you'd see some nature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I fell into my first job uh, in software, and um, that was sort of, I actually studied agricultural business. Um, my parents own a small meat company. Meat company? Meat, yeah. So they so sell. So you can offal cut? Like, can you like deal to some like animals? Or? Not at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the most impractical person in New Zealand, I'm pretty sure. But um, yeah, I... Uh, they there's they're distributors so they um you know there's farmers throughout the country and my dad was all about sourcing the best quality meat for restaurants in san francisco and so we had the luxury of eating really good you know meat growing up and not i never even realized how lucky i was grass-fed uh yeah yeah fully and they they call it like range fed it's like range. a term that they use over there but it's you know we're talking like there's the feedlot scenario and then there's like you know there's there's organics and there's lots of different i think ways that people describe the meat there and and for the consumer like it's it's a different ball game because we have so many different ways to screw people over over there you yeah. know in terms of what is it really yeah uh, you what, can you like unpack that because i don't know you can't talk about eggs as such maybe you do know about them but like <laughs> when you look at the name you're like this isn't actually what they're saying but it sounds natural yeah well some kiwis pulled me up on it because it's like what is range fed you know and i was like oh that's just what we call it but then i realized that that's unique to probably unique to that part of the world Everything's um, grass-fed in New Zealand. Exactly. Like there's, you know, there's there's that sort of thing that happens and, you know, until you move here, you don't know that. 
Hmm. Um, and so, cause I, we used to drive from San Francisco to LA and people who've done that drive on the five know that, that there's a stench that comes through the car, like as you're leaving the Bay area. And, and that's actually the feedlot that sits not like within, you know, you can see it from the road. You can barely see it from the distance, but it's actually like, it must be millions of animals sitting in there all on top of each other, just like, Jesus. you know, and they obviously shit where they eat. And so, and then the antibiotics and just to keep those animals alive and then we consume that um so luckily growing up i never had to you know i, I didn't even know i wanted my dad to be a firefighter or like a policeman when he'd come into school and he was like what does your dad do you know but he's like sells meat and i was like ah. but then i realized that that's actually it's also what he said what he believes in right so so that's pretty cool and um yeah i don't know that was my childhood so that that was sort of what i studied and i thought that i was going to come back and um and you turned vegan since i haven't i haven't no i'm not true sir i probably yeah exactly i i did actually go off meat when i was like 10 because i think we were overloaded on chicken and i the smell of it was like putting me off but i've always been into it i'm actually not overly i don't think i'm like especially into it but my dad i think he only eats red meat and drinks red wine so it's like you know he's healthy Ah, uh, he does. I think it's his Ugandan jeans, though. I don't Ugandan think- <laughs> jeans, solid jeans, yeah, brother. Yeah, exactly. They know some weak jeans. Yeah, there's no nothing weak about that. But um, have you been to Uganda? I have. Yeah, I have once. Actually. I honestly, this is ignorant as fuck. I've heard it. Mm. I don't know where it is. What is it? Us- there's quite a few countries in in Africa, or yeah, quite a few places in Africa. But I um, may know three uh yeah yeah unless i'm there i still don't know where it is unless yeah I google it uh lake victoria on in on the east mm. on the east side so like equator and then basically it's one of the most eastern countries if i'm correct um if you don't know i'm fucked and it sits well yeah i know <laughs> you've been there i know right? sort of where it is Vague. yeah well um Can you surf there? border i think it borders kenya as well so it's like east oh, yeah. africa sitting over lake victoria on the equator um, you've got Congo in the south, uh, southwest, and yeah, it's ba- it's basically like they call it the Pearl of Africa because it's it's Africa. extremely fertile. Um, the huh. soils like it's like this red clay, um, and yeah, it's actually it's like a it's a it's a tropical feeling place, but it's um yeah, I haven't actually spent heaps of time there because when my dad mo- is Idi Amin was um, a dictator back in the 70s and everyone our parents would remember obviously my mine would as well but uh, my dad fled from from that regime like Jesus. during that time and yeah, he never looked back so we never really had a connection to uganda because huh. he um you know we there's actually so many ugandans in america that we would go to like convent ugandan conventions in different states every year and there'd be like hundreds if not thousands of ugandans hanging out Wow. Is it like a story dad shared or is it too hectic? A story? Like if there's a dictator doing dictator things. Like mm. I have something in the back of my mind, like millions of people were slaughtered because they weren't the right tribe. Um, or is that, am I just not even, this is someone completely different. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's someone completely different. Yeah, I know there's like militias and, and stuff. I don't know like the, it's a, it's a typical dictator story. Um, but yeah, I think the, what I know about it w- was specific to like the family was that his dad uh, basically told him he was studying in the UK at the time and his dad was like, don't come home, it's not safe. And so that, in that, you know, that was like, it was a risk to basically come home from, it would be like us being at university and being like, don't come home because 
his militia is burning farms and, you know, creating havoc in the region. And they're working their way through Uganda and killing people, like you said, and it's just not a safe place to be. So, yeah, that was basically um, him, his way of, you know, he had to move to somewhere, I guess, and he decided to come to the States. And he was in an age where he was lucky he could get a visa and everything worked out for him. And Was mom the green card or how did he... Nah, his dad, well, my grandfather, was the ambassador of Uganda to the United Nations. So Fancy. Yeah, so that meant, I'm assuming, he still hasn't told me too many details, but um, I'm assuming that that gets you, like, your green card, you know, you're like, you can go anywhere, basically. Special privileges. Yeah, yeah, you would. And so that was, but then they didn't have a great relationship, and so I never actually, I met my grandfather when I was, like, a baby, but I, I have no recollection of him. Because they never, so like that Ugandan side was sort of uh, growing up was, it was weird. I think the, the the takeaway for me was that growing up in America in like a, a relatively, you know, affluent white community being half, you know, Ugandan. And not related And to not it. really understanding it is quite confusing. Yeah. Were you cooked? Were you bullied? Or, or you- nah, not bullied more than anybody else. We, like... Like you were like outnumbered and shit. And- no, Marin County was was really open and uh, probably the best place that you could grow up. Like in terms of how liberal and like oh. open it was, and and so yeah, I never really. I had the typical. You have like one bully. Like everyone has one guy or a girl that bullied them. You know, like and so I, I definitely had one. Yeah, um, one. I think he was Asian, ironically. <laughs> okay, so I was like, bro, we should stick together. Yeah, minorities uh, unite. Yeah, yeah. but um, we didn't have that sort of organizational skills at that time um but it was uh yeah it it was fine like that bring is great and i still have a lot of those people that i met when i was in grade school i have as close friends today Hmm. like through high school university and some of them are doing incredible stuff you know so it's pretty cool and every time i go home which is usually about once a year I, c- I reconnect with them and we're... Wow. Traumaless life. It must be good. It, it, well, I wouldn't say traumaless. I'd just say... <laughs> just I, that know, component. It didn't, it didn't follow the typical... Well, I don't know if there is a typical path, you know? It just sort of... Um, I think one thing that also resonates with me was that my dad said, never compromise your integrity. And Oof. so that was like... You've been yeah. than me. I've compromised it lots. Well, I have too. It. Yeah, I just when I it's <laughs> just not that I haven't done mind. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm always like, what did he say? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I still, yeah. You know, it happens all the time, right? But um, it's, at least though. Yeah, and I think I think you also just walk around and realize that it's taken me a long time to realize it. But you know, the way you look and the way you you present yourself, and you don't have to try and. You know, this is kind of a good segue into business, but it's like you don't <laughs> okay. have to try and, you know, be somebody that you're not. And I definitely struggle with that as I was building my business and, you mm. know, understanding where I fit into the equation. And and that's where I'd say being different, looking different has, you know, been difficult because you sort of maybe that has led me to not never really like lean into what I actually look like, you know, yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I'm a bit of a chameleon in that sense. Gotcha. Like I can, it's nice that I can live in New Zealand or, you know, live in Auckland and move to Wanaka and feel comfortable in these environments where there's no one that looks like me or talks like me or whatever. But then there's probably something there that makes it, you know, I've followed other paths. I feel like, you know, I was like, Oh, I got to, you know, work in the city and look this way and act this way. If I'm going to, I can't have dreadlocks or whatever, but, 
you know, the reality is that dreads are actually just when I don't comb my hair. So it's not like a look for me. It's actually just a <laughs> convenience. It's like a, it's like a, a, an outcome of, yeah, it's I'm convenience. It's, yeah, it's I'm not untidiness. Well. Yeah. If you see my hair like this, I'm fucking struggling. Yeah. But, I for, uh, but for other people, it's like, I have to wax this every day, you know, yeah. like, and I have to create that look, you know? And so, but the look actually doesn't mean anything other than, the look, you know, the look doesn't mean that I'm a Rastafari or I, you know, I rip the bongs, you know, like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't mean any of that. And I just, I haven't really, I'm still unpacking that. I think that'll be a lifelong thing, but I definitely feel more comfortable now just being, you know, it's taken me a while, but I, I do feel more comfortable just in my own skin, which is what you'd want from, for anybody. You yeah. Know? Hopefully. Regardless yeah, of what you look like. Yeah. It's not fun. Mm. Well, so, yeah, I imagine, you know, poor guests come on the show and like, you're going to talk all about business and marketing, <laughs> building websites, where I'm like, what led to you wearing a mask the majority of your life, you know? So, yeah. je- like, up to you. This oh, is full on. wherever you want to go, mate. Okay, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> so, what what do you think caused your need to be a chameleon? Yeah, well, it wasn't a need to be a chameleon. I think it was a response. Um, it was just probably a behavioral response to... Um, well, who made you feel like you don't belong? Yeah, I think, I mean, I mean, yeah, I'd say I looked at it from the other end of the perspective where I was like, I belong everywhere, you know, but in order to belong, I, I have to be, right? So if you want to be, say like you want to be a surfer, um, well, or, or let's make it more about business. Like, let's say you want to be an entrepreneur. Well, what do entrepreneurs, especially in like tech, right? Like I'm just thinking of like the persona of a tech entrepreneur. We all know it t-shirt yeah. uh the name the brand of the tech comp the startup that you have um you know your team around you and you know and obviously relaxed style so they're wearing jandals they're wearing you yeah. know they're cruising around and they just look it's like the anti-corporate look right like that's an example of a persona that we see in business and within entrepreneurship and and so if i was to follow that path you know that's a lot of people look like that for a reason because they think that that's like the dress that's the dress code so every every uh and and lawyers have a certain way of looking and you know it it goes on and on so i think that's just natural right is like we think that we sort of and at least in the way that I was thinking is like you lean into some of those stereotypes and you, you, you adopt them because it's like, that's what everyone else is doing. And I'd say for me, I just, I think maybe I leaned into them because I could, you know what I mean? Like I didn't think that my point of differences, even though externally it's probably obvious, but like <laughs> I, just, I actually never considered. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. I was like, as soon as you started talking, I was like, wait, we're not the same person. Yeah, yeah. Well, we literally like the way that I perceive myself is that I look the same as everyone. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the way I look out, I'm like I just look like everyone else. Yeah. You know, but then you look in the mirror sometimes and you realize you're like shit. You know, but Surprise. then I guess yeah, that's it, it, there's positives and you know there's positives to that and there's also negatives to that. But I've never really had a problem, I guess, being slotted in anywhere because I've never really thought twice about it. I've just, but I can lean into like whatever it needed to be, you know? Um, so and, just, yeah. so just to re- recap what you said. So essentially granddad wasn't that nice because dad didn't get along with granddad. You weren't bullied apart from that one guy. Uh, you, you look, you're the only 
Ugandan and, and <laughs> yeah. your New Zealand. Probably the first I've met. I'll be I honest. Would, I would like to claim that. If yeah. anyone else, oh, actually, no, I know another one, so I can't claim that. And he's top in two. Auckland. Yeah. You're in top two. I'm the only one that's been on this podcast, so I'll tell you that. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> Never again. If I see, I'm sorry, brother. There's yeah, only room there's for only one. one. Yeah. 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 yeah we got a band together, yeah. like the Asian guy. I'm the Asian guy now. <laughs> yeah. So. This, I always find it interesting, like, so often, like, if someone feels like they need to conform and can't necessarily voice either their emotions or fears or to be own who they are and lean into it, often it's because someone told them to conform and not make a fuss and that their voice isn't valued, you know, and, you know, you could have a, a well-meaning father and mother and you might not have any trauma, but they might actually be either not emotionally expressive or supportive or nothing you do is good enough you know what i mean that's where i was like okay fucking cookie cutter perfect person you, mm. you know what what do you what do you think is yours um that's the biggest belief system holding you back right now my belief system holding me back um yeah well i think i'm still on that journey of of being able to to just lean into to understand who i am you know and that's part of probably what what was tricky is I see a lot of that, the rhetoric around understanding who you are is like going back into your history and tapping into like, you know, your ancestors or the, you know, your family history and your plate, your sense of place. And I think the trickiest part is not ever having like a really good understanding of the Ugandan heritage and in the, the journey that my family has been on, on that side because of the falling out that my dad had with, certain individuals within the family like that's been challenging because if you can't really explore that you know there's a sense of like you're disconnected in a way um and it's, there's also a good i see a lot of good in these things because it's like it's also i i, I kind of move forward right so i like come to new zealand i'm like well this is now me you know this is my place and i'm able to 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 go in and not really like think about the past too much and, and be sort of wondering what it could be but i think i have to revisit revisit that still like i think in order to move forward fully i have to actually go to uganda and experience it like i have to deeply immerse myself in that experience and it's waiting for me and the family too huh? yeah yeah totally like you have to, i think you just have to um and so in, in order like at least in my you know in the context of of my my struggles and my challenges and i think that'll unlock a lot of understanding and even for that short period that i went i actually went for a funeral um huh. and i was with my dad just from the three weeks of being there or whatever it was i learned so much more about how he like my upbringing and in how he was parenting and like why certain things happened just from seeing him in his native land you know and around his people like it was wild i was like oh my god this explains so much about like my upbringing that it was like a crash course and you know in like behavioral stuff and interesting so, you say yeah, a lot yeah. without alluding to it because you might not want to get anyone in trouble oh there's just rabbit holes you know like yeah i okay, don't think yeah like, you probably don't want to you know i could go down some i can go down any path but like yeah it's pick and choose so okay. i think um but it, it. but that's sort of you know that's the long and the short of it i suppose is like reconnecting with the past to be able to 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 be confident in who you are moving forward like in the future and that's sort of i think a journey that i'm i'm definitely still on at least i because wherever i move or wherever i go i still feel that i still feel it i'm like yeah but what about you know 
like what about who you are like what about the ugandan side of of who you are like you need to explore that hmm. so it's there it's waiting for me well i'll give i'll give you a, a rest now oh yeah no i'm yeah. just trying to because you know what i'm saying it's like you're like you know when people tell me oh, i try not to let the past define me and invest too much and it's usually the past is quite you know heavy but they they've used that as a means to carry on and not vest into it too much and then you also talked about your father, like the way he treated you made a lot more sense in that country. So we won't have to go on it. Just for me, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's just two equals seven. Yeah, there's just there's just um, you know, I think if you tap into the was he too disciplined? No, it's just when you have a um, and maybe it stands out because if you think about so think about it like you you live it was kind of like what i was alluding to like growing up in marin county you're growing up in this like affluent um you know progressive californian like extremely progressive right like there's things that i saw there 10 years ago that i'm just now seeing in new zealand you know like socially and so in in like the you know things that are woke yeah exactly like it's extremely that's the term like that's what we use now and it's like it was it's extremely woke and some of it's like obviously it can go both ways right but the reality is that they got there sooner you know like a lot of things were happening there that I, i'm like wow i'm surprised we're just seeing that here but that's that's the the way that it works um it's a smaller place and we're at the bottom of the world hanging out and you know things take time and the internet's expedited that but it's still um it's what, still what is that difference do you think what, what, without being a journalist and getting canceled yeah 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 what, yeah what, what, how are we behind well it used to be fashion but uh <laughs> yeah the internet's fixed that so that's you know like it used to be media right Remember, like i came with an iphone to this country and like i was definitely like one of the only people i knew with an iphone here and you guys were still texting using your fingers making lang like you had another language and i had never seen that before and everyone's like oh it's so you can save money on a text and i was like that's borderline like that's gnarly <laughs> dude yeah that, yeah i was like that's like third world right yeah but there. nokia though have you used it uh yeah of course but you know yeah but that's like that five was years before i got here <laughs> yeah <laughs> So like those those are examples of things um, that you know that actually you know came later right yeah. and so there's there's other things like and it could have been like we had in high school we had a gay straight alliance it was like very outwardly you know like it was like we're here this is what it's about um, hmm. and you know it was it was out there and like it was a time when a lot of people didn't understand what that even meant you know. Uh, myself included so like but being educated on that as a young high school kid like it, it helps because you go other places in the world and then fast forward to now and it's like it's commonplace right it's like things that you you used to be able to say or do are no longer acceptable and it's a good thing you know like there's a certain there's good parts of that and there's probably bad but ultimately i think progress is you know like being able to be more open to more different types of people is a good thing generally mm. um so yeah so there's a so our gay straight alliance needs some work <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah we but, use the f word too much i won't say well yeah why well, would swearing, say it, I, I probably just not that f word the yeah. one that ends oh. with the t sounds oh, yeah, like yeah. sticks yeah what yeah it doesn't sound like sticks it translates to sticks yeah sure but like <laughs> the <laughs> R r like bringing it back to what <laughs> you're yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it was, it was like um <laughs> you know i think uh having a ugandan father that was uh raising us 
with the things that he religion. Well, yeah, he wasn't actually. He wasn't religious. I think because um, Uganda has like um, their band gay. Is, is that Uganda? They did, yeah. Yeah, they the band gay yeah, people. Y- yeah. They don't exist now. Well, yeah, there's something there. I can't remember exactly how that works, but yeah, you can. I think you can go to prison if you know. The, you know, it's whatever. There's a there's definitely oppressive uh, signaling coming from <laughs> like institutions within Uganda for sure, and that's that like doesn't surprise me because. Um, there's a lot of crazy shit that happens in Africa, but like the, and everywhere in the world. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, America's crazy, but they just um, don't admit it. <laughs> America's crazy, bro. Like looking at it from yeah. the outside, especially living here now, you're like, whoa. Private um, in military industrial complex. We're going to unpack that. Wild. Yeah. Gun, gun control, gun laws, like you name it. But how many controversial topics can we hit? So you had the exactly. Ugandan dad, and I took you into a dangerous territory, and I'll come back to websites. Okay. Yeah. Eventually. But well, you. Yeah, dad was like this, and the progressive society was like this, and then yeah. you came to New Zealand. You're like, you're like my dad, two yeah. years ago. You guys, well, are no, you're, you're, I'm like, this is neither like my dad nor like the progressive societies. And I was like, these Kiwis are buzzy. Yeah, like, so buzzy. I was like, bro. you guys, where you're like barefoot in supermarkets. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But like, so chilled out and such a cool vibe that, um, and a bit rough around the edges, but like, but really, um obviously like yeah amazing people like i just incredible people like you can say bad things very warm uh and like i don't know like it's hard to we just have less people i don't think we're that nice you know what i mean yeah yeah i think you're right actually about that you're not we're close to the water yeah name name one surfer that's fucking consistently aggro you know yeah 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 there's not too many of them yeah but and not too many of them like kiwis actually i don't think there's that many surfers compared to like australia it's not your national sport true so there's kids that i know that live on surf breaks that don't really surf you know and i'm like whoa sad um yeah it's it's like they're rugby players you know whatever else but like yeah no it's hard to i guess um kind of sum up how i feel about kiwis when i've been here for 13 years and i feel like i almost like am you know like there's a lot of behaviors and things that i've picked up being here that are very kiwi i'd say but um it's been really really nice and to kind of uganda break though eh? i'm just gonna push this but like it, it's i'm it's, i'm sensing there's a time for a change though surely uh where sorry in you time for a change yeah i don't know like i'm actually like probably more settled than i've ever been yeah wow. no i don't think it's time for a change at all i think it's like uh as i sort of lean into going back to like f- leaning into who you are and understanding that and being proud of that um i'm doing that within the context of new zealand and in, in, in a way that people make impressions like just like we you know people came from europe down to this little island and reinvented their lives and there's things that you bring with you right so i'm bringing a style of like i'm bringing my ugandan american vibes to new zealand and and shedding and like spreading them all throughout the south island (laughs) yeah Yeah. and it's like that's just what it is you know and so I, i think it's just getting more comfortable with that so if anything i'm probably doubling down Okay, cool. Well, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the spokesman. Are we just starting now? Because yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that was a good intro. Eh? <laughs> yeah, that was just the intro. We're cutting all of it. It's too controversial, <laughs> yeah. mate. So, okay, I think, and then the website th- component, depending on how old you are, that you've been here long enough to do it like commercially. Mm. Because, like, New Zealand, without being too unkind, business is very hard. 
you know, people finish at five. They you know, they go it's through relaxed. the motions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as long as you're not a dickhead, you're probably going to do all right. And if you're consistently putting an effort, so are you finding you know because you're kind of like a fortune, like you came back in a time machine and you've got the fucking this fancy gizmo, and mm-hmm. we're like, what is it? Do you, do you find with websites it's like you're a little like you can use that to your advantage? Well, like yeah, when I came here, I was. 25 and i had Jeez, three years your age well it's that good meat mate uh, yeah yeah it was yeah 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 39 Ooh, um yeah so meat. yeah it's getting on but um that was uh yeah that was interesting actually so like when i moved here i had this i had my first job was in software i was like um it was like a software consulting company and um i was actually in sales i somehow got into that and um, I was just like learning. I was like a sponge. And my boss, is, it was a 30-person company, which is actually like a small business in <laughs> America. Um, and so it was like a lot of engineering. Like we're predominantly engineering and consulting and software consulting. And we would go up against like Accenture and IBM and these these big powerhouse firms and, and build back-end solutions for, for companies, you know, um, and do like niche projects. So all of that, like learning for the last, like I did that for like two and a half years, trying to make an impression in that area. And my boss was like, he's really good in terms of letting me know that I wasn't really good at my job. (laughs) He's like a realist, you know, he was like, he was like, you guys are all shit coming out of uni. You have like no skills and I got to build you up. But if you could put up with the, the, the sort of the criticism and the, it was actually just tough love because what he taught me was like applicable skill you know and he taught me a lot about if you want to learn something you got to get after it you know like i think universities sort of it can be it can be a little of a brainwash tool like they tell you yeah 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 they tell you all this stuff and then you come out and you're like wait a second you know yeah i'm just starting again yeah yeah so that was that was really apparent when i got here and i actually not only realized that my industry didn't really exist like in terms of (laughs) like i was like where do i do that you know and it was like there is no place like it was probably in Australia at the time. Like, you know, they would come over and maybe do these sorts of projects. I don't know, but I didn't find it. And then I was like, I wanted to do my own thing anyway. And so I sort of, you know, I I worked at a pub and I worked at a place called tree adventures out West and, and tree adventures. Yeah. Yeah. Like outdoor ropes course, um, road scores. What's uh, outdoor ropes course ropes course. Yeah. Tree adventures is like, uh, they have like platforms and you can like run from, tree to tree and whatever else and i was living in piha i lived in piha for three years wow so i was like surfing and i kind of had the dream because i was building what i do now like web design and i was doing some graphic design out there taught myself videography like i was actually building applicable skill but that's where to answer your question long-winded about like did you come here with like some technology that no one's ever seen before it was like no, because I had to learn. <laughs> it didn't exist. Yeah, I had to learn it like everybody else. But I think what I did have was an understanding of like bigger picture um, strategy. And so like thinking about the way that I understood my industry and the way that I understood business was definitely, it was almost like I had a quarter of an MBA because I was able to like connect business to like functionality and, and software and scalability and things that the web can do for businesses um, a lot easier like that was just natural. It was, it was baked into my thing because that was our process, right? You had to like figure out what those business problems were and then align mm. a solution at like a large, at a high, like a scale, like a, a large, you know, we're working with really like Nokia, Time Warner Cable, like big, 
companies in America. So you really had to understand these complexities. And then so all I needed to do was shrink that for like Joe the plumber <laughs> and Bob the builder and, you know, and the sort of jobs that you'd see at that like entry level web design. But then I realized that a lot of that stuff, it's still applicable when you shrink it down, but you can't over-engineer the solution. So I still had to to make, uh, I still had to like use those learnings that I did, like YouTube University to like YouTube design University. the website and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. build the website or whatever it was that we were doing. So it was a cool like sort of way of having to pick up like applicable r- skill, like, you know, and do that in a place like, piha where i could sit there and sort of learn and you know and i had you know no money and all the time in the world and was surfing anyway so it was a really nice soft landing into the to the um to the country but then over time you you sort of combine it with what you knew and the strategy and everything else and fast forward 13 years and you know i've worked just about in every corner for large and small businesses in every industry and i i think i do have a really good sense of of how to combine you know what we what I learned and what I know is is my is essentially the secret sauce of of what makes dream config my business what it is um so yeah. what the, so I've gotten a few heated debates out of love with website designers cuz it is I haven't seen someone successfully scale it you know oh, a web company yeah like they design websites for companies and they do all this other stuff mm-hmm and obviously do videography as well. I just, it seems like a very hard thing to sell. You can sell it. Mm-hmm. It's just not an irresistible offer. You know, like, so you have, you had these extremes, I think. Tell me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. You have the custom builds that people want and they pay a high dollar that funds your business until you get the next one. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the website builder people where they just want to pay the bare minimum and they're annoying as fuck. Or they could just get a template and it's not very secure but they don't really get that um and they're kind of in a tough situation so how do you take on a salesperson to train them to sell a sixteen thousand dollar thing to someone that you're like hey you might get results in six months to a year with seo or whatever Mm -hmm. like yeah how are you approaching it you know what i mean yeah well that's a good question i never had the luxury of getting that far i i almost got to a sales to hire a salesperson but i had my burnout before then okay (laughs) so um so yeah we can get into that but like you know, it is hard to scale those businesses. And I have friends who do like, I, I was the custom guy that you, the scenario that you outlined. And then I have, you know, friends that are the, the more, um, you know, cheap and cheerful, but cheap like cheerful. not even cheap and cheerful, I guess, but just like, yeah, they're cool. more commodity, right? Like you, they just build you what you want. <laughs> and I was like trying to build to problems and solutions and both have like a really painful journey to scale you know um because i like i came from a custom software background so naturally i'm going to go into that world and you know and and then they probably came from more of a new zealand area which is like new zealanders i think value a lot it's 80 percent small business or something so like mm. most people just want that so that easy solution you know that no one goes through yeah but <laughs> I, like, pay my I don't i don't want to be i don't want to do that for people because that's not what interests me you know really? so i don't I, you know that's boring to me so like it's kind of like it is you always end up you know where you should be and i think that's sort of um just how it played out but i've scaling a a custom software business is so difficult because like you say you're so invested project to project and you know you're only as good as your last one so like you got to get back on the horse and then like 
find the next problem. And so the sales cycle is quite long. Um, and um, building a team of engineers was really difficult because um, they get poached by larger companies. And New Zealand doesn't have a like endless supply of, of probably <laughs> anything other than building and uh, rugby players. And rugby players. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like it, it's really challenging to find like that sort of technical talent that you need to at that level that you need to start, you know, to get over a certain point. So we never got there. Um, I've seen it in New Zealand and I think I've seen it work well when there's an investment. Like you get, you know, someone's invested in and then you can build that team around you from external capital. Uh, What's the biggest you've seen? Like you don't have to say their name if you don't want. Yeah. I haven't met them. Uh, yeah, they're around. Um, but they, I, yeah, I don't think you would if, unless you investigate, you know, because they seem to work on like what I, and this is my sort of, I haven't, I've met them, but I haven't like sussed out exactly yeah, how they, yeah. you know, but I know that I've like, oh, okay, I know they've, they've actually raised money to get to that point or they've, you know, but once you're at that point, like any business that sort of, I guess, capitalizes on that investment and, and succeeds is like, okay, cool. You find enough of that problem or you find projects big enough and you can take it over. And so like I was trying to bootstrap my shit and that was difficult, but like, yeah, I think the companies that I've seen do it well, they're like, well, I, I don't know. They've between 30 and 50 people, I guess. I don't know. Like at the yeah. at the largest of maybe maybe more like 30, you know, max or something. But like you're definitely in that sort of realm. And and that would be the largest I've seen in New Zealand. But they always seem to work on like a specific industries. Maybe there's like four clients, you know, they're yeah, not yeah, they're yeah. not really like extremely diversified. Like they, they solve a a problem but they do it at scale or maybe they have an overseas component where they work with um companies in australia you know there's usually something like that um so that's kind of what i've what i've seen but it's it's extremely difficult yeah well i i've fucking there's a story of warren buffett i've been obsessing over this guy alex Hamosi. i don't know if you've seen him no i haven't no i'm like fuck this guy's so good he's a businessman then he he um essentially earned he's like makes really profitable businesses they don't necessarily have a whole lot of staff um but he just dominates and gets incredible incomes from it like you know 80 million dollars a year wow um when they turn just applies it to all businesses Mm. that he comes across because now he buys businesses Mm. and flips them um so the story of warren buffett is he had a friend at school you might have heard of it that was exceptional, really smart, just as talented as Warren. Mm. And they just both chose different directions. And Warren Buffett obviously became very successful and this guy didn't. And that was when Warren realized that, you know, it's not just how hard you row, it's what boat you're in. Mm. And I worry about websites, people. Like, as I say, I like to know, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. like, what's the plan, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you could mm. have an okay income and be stressful for a while mm. and work on these projects. You could go full niche so the customization is more repeatable. Yeah. Um. So what's the plan, man? What, how are we going to get yeah. you on a good boat? Well, I like that question because it makes me think about what is my plan. <laughs> yeah, why can't um, this be a strategy session? Well, yeah. if I remember why I got into it and why I like it is because it's a fast-paced industry and it like it's at the forefront of everything, you know? Like everywhere someone like wants to be or whatever they're doing and working on has a, a tech, like, you know, in, it's invo- it's ingrained in that now, right? We're, mm. we're completely immersed by it and I think to our detriment to, a, you know, to an extent. 
But ultimately, I, I really like, there's certain aspects of that that I really like. And what it means is that, you know, you're always looking ahead at like, what is next? And I think you could make the argument, there's one that comes to mind around like accounting, is like when Zero's software, you know, when Zero came out, and I, I think a lot of people were like, what the fuck are accountants going to do now? Because that can do GST returns. It can do reconciliation. Like, what's the actual benefit of having an accountant if every small business can now do it themselves? And if you look at the what happened was that they could be, they became advisors. And so they became, accountants became less about compliance and more about strategic advisory. To my, that's my understanding of it. And and that's what my accountant does now. He's He's more of like a financial like advisor, you know, and talking me through business outcomes and things. Okay. If you're trying to do this in the business, then this is what we need to do strategically with your finances. Um, and then, yeah, I'll press this button and get your zero return out to you tomorrow. And how that relates to websites is that, you know, we have new platforms like Webflow and, you know, these web-based solutions that are like really cost-effective to build with, but the same rules apply in terms of how you leverage that tool to, to basically, attract an, an audience, right? Or, or build a customer base or whatever the function is that you're trying to do. And you need design to do that. You need other components. You need copywriting. You need um, awareness on, you know, well, I guess that's design. I was going to say UX, UI. But um, those different fundamentals that you need to make a website are still relevant. And those skill sets still need to be applied. And, and I think in a way that it, you know AI is slowly eating into the copywriting. Yeah, I did a couple of posts on LinkedIn, got the same engagement. I'm like, fuck you, I'm writing. Yeah, stuff. yeah, exactly. Like it's all happening around us. But I guess that's where you, if you're looking ahead, you're constantly um, you're moving with it. And so what happened for us is we just got tighter on our niche, and um, we're doing. Um, I now live in Wanaka, which is interesting, and. Um, that's led to a lot of tourism work. So we, we do a lot of work with tourism and that's like a lot of that has been digital strategy related. So like helping, you've got these, these like, you know, the tourism narrative is like, um, it's all now, it's about regenerative tourism. That's the new thing. And it's like, okay, leave a place better than you found it. So when, when people come to our country or you're traveling around the world is you need to think about, you know the community that you're in, and you need to pay respects to the to the land and be a good um, be a good steward. Don't and, shit everywhere because yeah, there's no toilets. Don't in the be vans. don't be you know, which is like <laughs> obvious, right? It's like obvious sh- stuff, but like the reality is, is that they you know, know we don't really think about it, and we don't think about the impact of over tourism, you know, and and the way it leaves communities like mm, you know Thailand, Thailand, full moon party, Great Barrier Reef. Oh yeah, um, pH level. You, you got so many different places that have been um, overrun and some of those are also in New Zealand. Um, and so you use aspects of technology to solve those problems. So like if you think about the Great Walks, um, you've got a book into to be you know to go on a great walk and, you, and that they open they open a session you have to book and that window then it gets fully booked out and it's usually like the first day they open it it gets absolutely smashed and the site goes down and everything else but in terms of how you help uh, a, a user or a visitor get to that point of booking or the whatever experience that they're trying to within tourism like whatever experience that they're trying to to have how you nurture them from being becoming aware of that experience all the way through to like the conversion of that, which could be, it's probably going to be on a website booking different things like accommodation or whatever. But like 
ultimately there's a, there's so many touch points right on the internet so it's it's less about just a single website build and it's more about looking at that entire customer journey and how you need to leverage technology and, and things on you know digital platforms to to make that experience really good and I don't know if that helps answer your question, <laughs> no, no. but that's like... you be a good politician. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I get it. I it's get like, it. it's more about digital strategy and, and customer, um, or I guess, um, customer journeys. And So there's one guy done it eight years, hmm. um, and he has the exact problem. He tried to hire someone, trying to manage them, it was hard, trying to get them to a competent level, whether he, and he was the business, so his reputation was how he got business. And he's like, I can't, I can't get past this ceiling. And then the other guy's incredible account manager, amazing service, um, manages people really well, but still he he and he he thought he was going like the hosting level. So he builds his own servers and mm-hmm. he can like he gets a hosting thing and he's gonna go for like the five hundred dollar a month. And then he's also got the sixteen thousand, twenty thousand dollar. And it just it if, if you're exactly doing what you're saying, like you just partner with contractors that inspire you and you can surf in between it, fucking um, no worries, do that, bro. Like, who cares? Like, that's fun. Like, mm. if that's your life, um, I, I just, I just been thinking about the industry just for about a week and a half, just because the conversations got heated and where I try to challenge them. I'm like, bro, like, because the things I'm good at is understanding sales and training people. Mm. Um, a lot of things I'm not good at. Those things I'm alright at. And I'm like, if I was your salesman, I'm going out to sell that on your behalf. I'm like, that's fucking. That's a nightmare. And then I go to the person and Alex Hamosi uses value. He says value is the likelihood you achieve your outcome and the speed of which you achieve it. So you're providing a customized solution, your social proof and portfolio is the indication of likelihood of success and their trust in you. But the time between success and you starting is predicated on the trust you can build with them that in six months something's going to happen it's hard long sales cycle yeah it's another word yeah it's hard man yeah well he's he sounds american eh? the oh alex Mosey. yeah 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 Yeah, that's the type of that's the bit you know there's a psyche i think also as well like you know you i don't i'm probably now gonna go officially like rogue but I good. think, I think like You're at fifty-one uh, minutes. For the, oh, cool. I got time. That's good. Go. No, yeah, but like I just think about culturally, like right, like uh, you look at like Japanese culture and in the way that they, and I know very little about it, but it's like the way that um, you know they look at work and the you know some of the so like sitting on one task and becoming an expert at that thing and like you know sharpening knives, <laughs> like you know what I mean, whatever it is, but like you're really good at sharpening knives, you know? Mm. And there's like, there's something like extremely awesome to me about just dedicating yourself to one thing and not having an expectation that it needs to go beyond you or beyond, you know, it needs to scale up to X amount of people or you need to IPO. And, you know, so a lot of the rhetoric that comes around, um, you know, how quickly can you get to a point of success? How quickly, like uh, the old me would have, sort of bought into that narrative but i think i'm not in a rush you know and i just came from a client like i just met up with a client before um and we were talking and he's a builder and it was like we're just like 
he's in the same boat you know once you have a few battle scars and you, you <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you've yeah. been through it okay, yeah, you yeah. know you're like well you know i could sort of cut my hair and try to look a certain way in the city it goes back to the persona you know i could i could try to like emulate what i think people are going to want from a sales guy to be able to buy more and, and you know scale this thing quicker or i could just be me and you know and make sure that the process is like I don't know, someone said before, it was like the process over the product, you know, it was like, just make sure that you're, you're just, you have a really, really f- fun and enjoy that time doing it, Yeah, yeah. but have like a really, like our, I've just been working on my process, you know, like, and that's been like, we're still building custom websites. We're still doing all the things that I used to do, but it's only the process that's really changed. You know what I mean? And that process has been being changed from years now of learning what I like about what's happening and what I don't like. So some of it's reactive to the environment and the way that we've changed as a society and other stuff is just related to what's not efficient and what was put being put pressure on because of like my ego or something else. And so it's like, there's no rush here. It's just purely about enjoying the ride and, you know, and making sure obviously you can support your family and, and make enough money to do the things that you want to do. And some of that takes, um, you know, a website a month for some people and, and in my industry. And sometimes it's 20 websites a month because they have a portion they need, you know, it depends on so many other things. So for me personally, I think, my and i am looking obviously to grow and and scale not obvious but i am um and so (laughs) i'm thinking of to answer that question about like what do you do uh is i think the same thing and i'm like what am i doing but it's to to look into we want to i think i want to build a product like that's really the um and and niche into something you know like i think it makes sense to like yeah yeah to really double down into an area that you feel comfortable in but i'd never let that i never pursued that every time i tried to pursue that it sort of rejected me. And then since I've been in a place that actually really resonates with my own values and who I am and my personality, that niche is, is starting to like divulge itself. Yeah, because I, I was talking to a guy who does social media management and he got one big client by fluke. But then it was all in one industry and as soon as he uses their name, it just keeps getting all of them. Yeah. Because the challenge is like, for example, the competing website guy goes out networking. So he just takes whatever the fuck comes at him. Mm. And then if you're getting referrals, that's one way. If you had a good acquisition model where you have like Facebook lead ads and it speaks to the particular client that you want, then you could probably do that. Because your model, like having contractors that are accountable to their own thing and they inspire you. I mean, I don't know of a better model for that business. Yeah, well, it's just called like friends. Trauma, yeah. Friends, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, out with the it's like professionals, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I think you just sort of, you end up working with people like it's the best case scenario because a lot of people now, the way they want to work as well is they want to do a little bit of what they want to do. You know what I mean? Like, I have, like, there's a, there's one guy that I knew was like, I think he's probably been, he was, he's maybe been on this podcast, but it was like all about return to work moms. And he's like, that's a great niche because they want part-time work. They're usually like extremely qualified in a certain area. And they, they, they have very strict parameters around what serves them and what doesn't. And they're no bullshit. They have X amount of time to get stuff done. And so it's like things like that is like, you know, that's part of the process, right? The outcome of whatever they're delivering hasn't changed, but it's like how they're delivering it is like they've picked up on something there. You know what I mean? And so I guess that's what, we're ultimately saying, well, we're talking about something different when you're like, 
okay, well, what are you going to do to scale? You know, I'm talking about building a product. That's like a different offering, right? But ultimately, um, I think my process within the service game, which I'm in now, you know, designing and building websites and the digital strategy, it's it's evolved as well. And it, it's it's just more about working with people that are experts in their own niches as well. You know yeah, I mean? it makes sense to me. And then the the same Alex and Mosey, like I've just been, I usually just obsess over one thing until I get it. So it's him at the moment. So for like eight podcasts, I've just been talking about Yeah, I'm the same. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll go deep on something that inspires me and beat it till it's <laughs> no longer inspiring. Yeah, same, yeah. yeah. So so he, um, he would basically, so he had something called Gym Launch, which was just an agency. And he started thinking, I could go all these different places, but why don't I just focus on gyms because I started my own gym. And I, and then he just realized, if I get them to spend more money on ads, I make more money because it's performance-based, but they don't have much money. So I need to make them money really quickly. I also need to support their sales team because if they sell more, they can spend more money on ads. I also got to help their retention because if they're losing clients all the time, they can't pay more money for ad spends. I can't make more money. Oh, they aren't good at acquiring staff. So, you know, we've got to help them with the process and it all feeds the machine. And because it's just gyms and a particular type of gym where he's all his messaging warns off everyone except those people, because he essentially had a thousand gyms. He found the ones that are the most profitable, asked them questions, found similarities, and then just focus on that. So high acquisition cost, but higher return. Um, and because it was so customized, uh, because it was so niche, the customization was very efficient and very fast. And because he wasn't selling to the broad audience, he could charge more. Um, so I think, you know, with that model you've got, that must, if you can attract mm. that niche. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think you can only attract in web design when you have a niche, you know, oh, like yeah. it's <laughs> like to your point about, you know, if you're just taking work wherever it comes from, yeah. it, you don't get known for anything. So, so you never really, and, and what's the difference between your website as a builder and someone else who's building websites? So it's, it becomes, you know, the niche is, I think a natural sort of way to to sort of narrow in on you know the type of work that you want to do but i guess my big point that i'd hope to convey is like that niche doesn't have to you don't have to like try to find that niche per se you know and you don't have to like there's no rush in finding that like looking back on my career like you know like i think i i was always like man like where's this custom software thing gonna go and blah 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 and it's like it's probably now less about that and like just just allowing myself to to like immerse immersing myself in the experience and the niche comes to me you know what i mean and that's that's more or less what's happening now and then that experience is like yeah i've lo- i've moved locations like i still come to auckland all the time but i'm based somewhere else now you know and i and i'm based around the things that give me a lot of energy to do like i you know we were talking about surfing before and you can get a lot of surfing done actually in Wanaka because you just head down to Dunedin and it's awesome, you know. Like it's just if you're if coming to the office for me and commuting from Peha into town, it was like a sign that you know I'm actually not living what mm. my friend called the ideal day, mm. you know. And a lot of people aren't living the ideal day yeah. because we're we're doing things that don't really make sense. <laughs> yeah, no, they conform, hate their jobs. Yeah, turn up Monday, like what the fuck. Like most people medicate away their existence. 
with mm. alcohol, coffee, me food. Mm. Um, I'm a bit of food too. Yeah, <laughs> you surf more. I, I do less than a thousand steps a day. Okay, that's yeah. what cooked me. Yeah, yeah. I used to surf not right. well, just longboard and fall off. Well, could you walk to work? Because how far away are you? Uh, probably an hour's walk. Mm. Um, but what I do every hour is I go for a walk. Now nice. it helps me be more efficient. And every time I go to the bathroom, I do exercises. Nice. Just well, we all technically do the exercise when we're in the bathroom. But yeah, like, well, mine's heavier. I'm squatting <laughs> like 112. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair. Well, yeah. fuck. Yeah, just out of curiosity, like if you were to pick a niche, not that you will, and we're at an hour, so mm-hmm. conscious of your time. If you just had to, gonna get your head, you had to pick a niche just from most profitable and, and enjoyable. What would you go? Tourism tourism i'm a tourist i realized that that's what i was saying about just letting it happen it was like i was like everything that i do in this country and the way that i live my life even in california this is actually a nice way to wrap up is like yeah, yeah. bringing it full circle when i was before i left um to come here i was jumping in my my buddy's mom had an suv and we had these, like small bad. cars. Sorry, but oh. I was trying to forgive my buddy's mom. <laughs> my buddy's mom. Yeah, no, this isn't gonna go in a weird place. <laughs> That's I a promise. good clip. Yeah, I'm gonna end like this. <laughs> yeah. So me and my buddy's mom. No, nice um, lady. We Pretty would like now. take her car, which is still pretty bad, um, and fill it full of like firewood, and then like you know pack it full of surfboards and just head south. And that was like we were just traveling around California, and we were just we. It was called. Um, it was called there's a name for it but it's basically freedom camping here um but there's a, a much different name um in the states it's, it's quite funny it's real serious sounding but um it's it's basically about it's freedom funny. no it's 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 <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue i remember after this probably but it was like yeah. it's all about just the feeling you get when you're like on the new zealand roadie and you're like here we go like it's oh you know every, we're just on a mission you know mm. we're on a mission and you, a lot of people i think kiwis are really good at getting out there and going on missions and it's it's sort of built into the dna of 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 most people with like the family holidays and the trips that you take and growing up and going to these rural places and these batches and that whole thing so it's really it's really suits me in the way mm. that i you know what i get of enjoyment out of and then in visiting new places and experiencing you know different people and, and and that sort of thing so i think that's what i was doing before i came here and then when i got here and i saw that you guys take a month off every year and you're willing to damage your PLs to do that and like shut down shop for like a month and just like you know just chill like i was like okay these guys definitely have their priorities straight at first i didn't understand it because i was like you got to get back to work i'm american you know um Mm. but i think that's sort of i guess you know that is to me that's that's that niche you know what i mean that's tourism people who are coming to places to to immerse themselves in in different cultural and uh Mm. geographical experiences that like fill their cup you know so if i i was like holy shit if i can actually do this for a living and help attract the right type of people to those places and and work with you know government organizations to to make these places better or work with the businesses that attract you know that have those offerings and make those offerings better then I'm pretty happy so that's hmm. like that's that's why I said tourism okay so we are finished but I did, I was just thinking of an idea that could be stupid that you might want <laughs> I'll 
take it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, like, if you're going to go niche as fuck, like, let's say you start a podcast called Tourism New, Ze- Tourism New Zealand, if it's not copyright, probably is, um, or NZ something with tourism, mm. and all you do is you invite your dream prospects on to interview them, mm. you clip it up, you can use AI. There's heaps of them. Opus, video.ai. I do it human. Mm. I'm thinking because it's not quite there. It's using chat GPT to analyze a transcript. Mm. And you just drop in your YouTube link. Because mm. a lot of people want content. You're a videographer. Mm-hmm. And then what that does is like say I called 50 agencies, which I did because I wanted to know marketing. And mm. I was thinking about partnerships. Now I've already got a partnership. So now you're just shooting the shit with me. There's no like yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, they I call 50, live and say yes. They meet, they listen to my podcast, they Google me, they, they're, they're like primed and they usually ask, what what do you do? And then they're going to post it with all their network and share it with mm. all the other tourism people. And then you take the top performing creative in a Facebook reel ad for a lead generation mm-hmm. that leads to them coming on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then you just keep the cycle of selling or it could be an audit or some free offer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're getting content that they can use to drive traffic to your website. Mm-hmm. That once you build it for them, mm-hmm. they're going to be your best promoters. They might come back and forth. You, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. sales cycles take longer. So you, hey, I would love to have you on the podcast again. Mm. And just an idea. Yeah. Well, you talked about sales being a me scaling the business with people. Do you want a job, mate? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, like I need to be babysitted, weird, brother. <laughs> is this a weird podcast where it's like I'm supposed to hire you? Like, because that was pretty good. Like, Thanks, yeah, I was, yeah, I like this. I'm glad, I'm glad it's recorded because now I can go back and try to understand what the hell you just said, <laughs> yeah. and then I can put it into the business. Give it a whirl. Like, this is all I did. But the only reason, so just it, full transparency. I started a business and I was making content for people, but I want to make them money. Mm. Didn't know how, so I was like, I'll call a whole lot of agencies and they can do that part. Mm. So that's why I called you. I went through the list and you mm. seemed nice. We shot the shit and I was like, oh, this guy's cool. Mm. And you do websites. I didn't Google much. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need little... really in this world. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't see me on that other list. <laughs> the website list? Yeah. Now, but like, yeah. it's worth it's worth considering mm. um, just because that's the whole game is how do you get in front of someone? And totally. And if they want to meet you, mm. bonus, and they advertise for you, yeah, and they're they're the avatar of your dream client. You think you get some head honcho like I had fucking pure SEO? I don't know yeah, if you yeah, know. Uh, Richard Conway. Yeah, he was on. So he's let's dude, say yeah. they were my target audience, and he's fucking talking shit on an ad. Mm. I'm like, well, they'll be like, well, who's this guy? Mm. And my face comes up, and he shares it on social media. Who the fuck's this guy? Google. Mm. Yeah, no, that's. This is solid, mate. You're just giving these ideas away free. It's like oh, candy. Succeed, mate. It's, it's a hard Friday. Friday. <laughs> it's hard enough, brother. Yeah, it's Friday. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah cool. All right, brother. Awesome, well, bro. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Do you? Thanks and for the people, me. the tourism people, there might be some listening. Yeah, there might be. If you're listening, yeah. How do they find you, and why should they find you? Dreamconfig.co. Send us a message through the contact form, and let's have a yarn. Um, no, but yeah, that's sort of i mean there's you find you can find people the way you found me you know but uh but yeah i think it's cool it's a cool uh time for tourism so um i'm really passionate about where it's going and would love to help um businesses as well as you know we're in this there's some government space that or a government niche that we're in but yeah that's obviously keen to help whoever's listening Cool. Well, if someone gives a fuck and is just focused on their thing for long enough, gives a fuck in the sense like you're passionate about tourism. 
um, and you've dedicated your craft and there is a genuine need if you've got traffic like if you've got if you've got an audience but you're not necessarily communicating your vision and you're not thinking too strategically with you I do think there's a huge benefit and like SEO if you can mm. get an established website and invest the time to get that right article I was talking to that agency guy today he's like yeah one article made him $200,000 but it didn't mm. make him any money for eight months Mm. yeah so, seo is a huge component of that right of the web in general like massive so sure. yeah definitely and um yeah yeah that's a good point so links in the description of your your shit your your website stuff not shit i'm not saying <laughs> shit it's, yeah, i'm not coming in the description yeah i know you meant if you're cool hey don't don't email me through the contact form if you don't understand that language all right yeah you're not worth it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you 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 qualified yourself out anyways <laughs> Uh, thanks for coming, bro. Thanks for having me. Cool.